Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm so glad you're with us today because every time, every episode, we bring you some different information, some new angles, some new insights, some new experiences that can help you on your journey, especially if you're having a little bit of a bump in your relationship, maybe a troubling time, maybe a difficult time. So this is always a great place to come. Know that you can interact with the show by going to my website at 4FORRelationshiphelp.com. If you have any desire for any particular guests or topics, be sure to interact with me. And if you appreciate the show, and I hope you do because you're here, invite your friends to come and join you too so everyone can move forward in having enriched relationships. So today I'm delighted to have with me Laura Richer. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm delighted that you're here. Um, It's always interesting to take the point of view from the beginning of a relationship. Often we're talking about middle and endings of relationship. So Laura is a certified hypnotherapist, a life coach, and a Reiki practitioner, and the owner of Richer Healing and uh, Hypnosis, Reiki, and Life Coaching in Seattle. I used to live in Seattle. She is a graduate of Western Washington University. She's currently completing her master's degree in clinical mental health counseling at Antioch University. And her hypnotherapy and coaching practice is eight years old and specializing in supporting clients to build confidence and self-worth so that they can attract the relationships they truly desire. And you can learn more about Laura at richerlove.com. Don't you all wish that that was your name, Richer, so you could do that? (laughs) Good for you. So welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's, It's my pleasure because, as I say, we don't often talk about the dating life. Um, So I want to talk by asking you about dating in the beginning, not after, you know, a second marriage or something like that, but I'd like to talk about dating from the word go kind of thing, like when when you get started. Um, What do you think is the most important thing that you can do to equip yourself to have the best experience of dating? Now, I'm not talking when you're 16 necessarily, but as an adult. Well, I think there's a couple things that are really important. I think it's important to know exactly what you're looking for in terms of what type of partner would be a good fit for you. Um, and that sounds pretty, pretty simple, like we might all know that off the bat, but often that isn't the case. Um, and then the other piece that I think is important is to have the confidence and self-esteem to be able to make the right choices for yourself so that you're not in a space where you just want to grab onto whatever comes your way, even if it's not the right fit for you. Hmm. Well, I think that's certainly a great beginning to this conversation because 
that opens the door to saying, well, one of the things that you might want to do and need to do if you want to have a successful relationship as a result of the dating is to make sure that you are not in the people-pleasing space. Mm, yes. I've worked with many clients who write an online dating profile, and when they offer it to me to read, I realize that they've done everything they could to try and please somebody who might read that. And I say to them, oh, no, 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 no. You tell them how they could please you. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And they're saying, but what if they don't like me? Great. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's getting rid of a whole lot of opportunities for bad dates. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is similar to what I say to some of my clients, because a lot of times when we're dating, we go with the mindset of I wonder if they're going to like me. But in fact, you want to go in with the mindset of, do I like them? That's what you're really looking at when you first start dating somebody. Do they match what would be a, a good fit as a partner for you? Mm-hmm. And I, I so agree with that because I tell my clients, dating is people auditioning for you. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yes. So you, you just sit back and you look and you listen and you participate, but you're calibrating, is this a good person for me? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and as you were saying earlier, Laura, some you know people go out there and they think, oh, "Do they like me? Do they like me? You know, am I okay?" That's not a great way to start. You might do that when you're 16, mm-hmm. but once you're an adult, you want to own the space that you're in. You know, it's like opening a business. Maybe, maybe you're going to open a grocery store, but you're only going to sell things you love to eat. And you might say to yourself, but what about all the people who like other things? What if I don't have it for them? Mm -hmm. But imagine if all your customers were people like you who came because you sell what you like to eat. Mm -hmm. Whole other experience of shopping in that store. Exactly. And the same thing is true for dating. So tell us a story about some success that you've had turning somebody's ideas around. So I have a client that I worked with just a little while ago who was very set on specific attributes for a partner that to be with. And they were not, you know, she was looking for a more uh, dominant type A personality that had achieved certain things that had looked a certain way. But after we worked together for a little while, what we kind of drilled into was the fact that that personality type, while she, while she found that admirable admirable and interesting, was not actually a person that she was compatible with. Mm-hmm. And so we started to look at what kind of traits would a person have to have for you to live with them in a happy and fulfilling way. And you know, one of her core values that we came to was that she really appreciated having quality time with her partner. However, that type of personality isn't necessarily available for quality time. Often they can be a workaholic or possibly emotionally unavailable. So once she started to realize these things about herself, she started to shift who she was looking for. And she ultimately connected with somebody who, who she's dating now, who is a very good compatible partner for her. And she's actually having fun dating versus when she was miserable dating. (laughs) which is what happens when we date the wrong people. They make us miserable. Right. And when we think that the people we should be Mm -hmm. wanting and we don't recognize that they're different than the ones we'd like to be with. Yes. So, you know, people have this idea like, 
oh, well, they like your client, oh, well, I need this driven person, this motivated person, this ambitious person, this person who's on a great path. And then they find out from someone like you who says, but, you know, a person like that doesn't have much time for you. Is that okay? And then there's that big, oh. Yeah. <laughs> An aha moment. Yes. And, and then they can realize, like, oh, I hadn't really thought about the other side of that. Like, everything has to be in balance. So someone who's dedicated their career, and you were planning to have six children, how does this work for you? Have you thought this through? So really good example. You know, sometimes, rarely, unfortunately, Laura, but sometimes people come to me and they, they say, well, you know, tell, tell us how we would know when it's a good time to make a commitment after we've been together. I wish everybody would come and ask me that question, yeah. but they don't. <laughs> and I tell them, slow down you know, the auditioning process, all that we just spoke of. And then when you find what you think might be the person, take one whole trip around the sun with them without commitment, without promises, without any big decisions being made. And this this being your first serious relationship and see how they are. See how they respond to life for a whole year. There's going to be ups and downs and joys and sorrows, lots of things packed in. See how they respond to life. What do you think? Well, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I do recommend the same thing, and I get pushback from people for a lot of oh, different yeah. reasons. You know? Oh, because he's so wonderful, and she's amazing, and why can't yeah. we get on with it? <laughs> yep. Or, you know, my clock is ticking. I'm ready to have children, or I have a big birthday coming up. I need to nail something down before for 40 or 50 or whatever the timeline is that you've, you've given yourself. So, and that rushing is always detrimental because what I see people do when they're really rushing into something is they found somebody that's appealing to them. And then instead of really taking the time to get the, to know the person like you recommend, is projecting onto them who they want them to be, projecting that they're the person that fits into the role they're looking to fill, when in fact they might miss that they're not that person at all. Mm-hmm. So what if you find yourself having people attracted to you all the time or you being even attracted to other people who always turn out to be not the best investment of your time and life energy? Well, I think that that's the time to take a little bit of a break and to come back to yourself and do a little inner exploration and inner work and see what it is that you're attracted to that isn't compatible for you. And sometimes we're, we're operating unconsciously that, you know, we're drawn to people with certain traits and we don't even realize they have those traits in the beginning and that's okay. But once you get clear about what you're looking for, you, once you realize that person doesn't match with what you're trying to, to achieve in your life, that you can make a different choice at that point, instead of pushing ahead, trying to change them or make them into what you want them to be. Right. And again, it comes into that space where we don't have to be in a rush. Even if your clock is ticking, do you want it to tick so loudly that you end up with the wrong person and you have those babies? And now what did I do? Yeah. Right. So you are worth taking time to audition potential partners. Then when you begin to date somebody to take the time to say, let me see you in all circumstances. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Because if you don't, you, there's a good chance you're not seeing who that person actually is or actually are. 
And if you're not taking that time for yourself, then you're going to find out things later that may or may not be okay with you. Yes. And you maybe then feel like you have to defend your choice. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have people in my practice who went ahead and married the person, even though we had sat together and I said, I don't think it's a good idea. And they said, oh, I think I can make it work. And then they come back and they say, it's terrible. Yeah. Right. Well, then they feel they have to defend their choice, but I think I can do it. You know, I should be able to. I made my bed. I'll, I'll lie in it. And so that just seems to go south so frequently. Yeah. And so I think that this is a wonderful conversation for people to take in. Like, even if you're going to move into the dating world after a marriage, which we're going to talk about now. And my guest is Laura Richer. You can find her at richerlove.com. And she's really focusing on people in the dating life. So let's talk about people who've already had a relationship that had to come to an end for one reason or the other. And now they're thinking that they may be brave and get back into the dating pool. What do you think their number one thing is to go in equipped with? Well, I, again, I think it's to check in with yourself and see where you're at. If you are choosing to get back into the dating pool because you're trying to bypass your own healing or grieving over the loss of a relationship, and I do see that quite a bit, like a, a relationship will end and somebody will just throw themselves right back into online dating. And what they're doing is they're trying to use dating kind of as an emotional band-aid and not process what is actually happening to them. So you want to make sure that you're not doing that. You want to make sure that you're in a healthy and whole place before you start dating, that you're not doing it as a way to distract yourself from, from grief or sadness. Um, and then the other thing is to know what it is you're looking for. So when I was young, I know I often thought, oh, I'm looking for a guy who's cute and funny. Well, <laughs> there's a little more to it than that. <laughs> and so I think oftentimes we just think, oh, I'll just connect with this the right person. It'll just line up you know, the way it's supposed to. And, and I think that it does if you're clear about what it is that you're looking for. When you're not, you might connect with the wrong people. You might make excuses for the wrong people who just aren't going to be a good fit for you, that aren't going to be compatible. Mm -hmm. So what I hear you saying is, you know, do some preparation, do mm -hmm. some deep thought, do some self-reflection. Uh, and when you get out of a relationship, you have to go back and say what worked, what didn't work, what did I like, what didn't I like, when did I speak up, when did I not, did I have boundaries, didn't I have boundaries, when would it have been better to have boundaries, and so we get into that whole conversation. Yes, and boundaries I think is such a big part of it. Oftentimes we don't even know what our boundaries are, and I think just doing a little work around that. So, because you are going to encounter people when you're dating that are going to try to to cross your boundaries. So you want oh, yeah. to know what those are when you get out there. Mm -hmm. And they're testing you. They're yeah. saying, what can I get away with? Now, my specialty, as my listeners know, is working with the partners, the exes, and the adult children of people that we consider relentlessly difficult. Mm -hmm. And I call them hijackals. Mm -hmm. And hijackals are people who hijack relationships for their own purposes yeah. and then scavenge them for power, status, and control. So if you get out of a relationship with a person like that, 
you're fairly scarred and wounded and probably deeply angry, but afraid to really be angry because you couldn't have your anger when you were in the relationship. So the things that we were talking about and that Laura were mentioning is if after you've been with a difficult person and you get out of the relationship, don't jump back in because you need to understand what it is about you that found that person attractive. Now, this is not about blame. It's about actually picking up and saying, what have I learned? What did I find attractive? And in the case of hijackals, they are chameleons. They will be whomever you want them to be. So charming. Yes, yes. And it's like they read you like a book. They bring you all the right things. They take you all the right places. They say everything perfectly. And then joy of joys, they're in a hurry to commit, it seems, right? (laughs) And so you might think, oh, live one here. This is perfect, just what I've been waiting for. But if that happened to you once already and you do not take our advice, you're going to get another one. Yes. Right? So, so important for your own safety, emotional safety, to do the work before you proceed. Oh, absolutely. Because otherwise you're going to stay stuck in the same pattern. If you're not aware of what the pattern is and you can't identify this person when they come along, I'm so glad you're having this conversation with your listeners because it's, I see this in my practice all the time of women who are, I mostly work with women, some men, um, who are attracted to a specific type of personality, which fits your profile of the hijackals, which they're very charming. They want to pull you in quickly. And then once you're in, it's, and they start to become inconsistent at that point, it's so hard to leave because it was so good in the beginning that you don't want to let it go. But you're just going down this road of more pain. Well, that's absolutely true. And what I call that, Laura, is that you're hooked on hope. You're hooked on the hope that that person that you met at the beginning is the real person and they're going to come back soon. And you start to think, well, if only I were a better person, if I were more compassionate or patient or loving or less demanding, and you start giving yourself all of these directions that if only you changed, then that person would be back the way they were while they were being charming. But that charming person was the chameleon, not the real person. So we really have to understand that. But today is not all about hijackals, but it is something that we need to understand. They exist. Well, you will meet them when you're dating, so you need to recognize them when you're Oh, you will, because they love to troll dating sites. Yes. And so let's say one more thing about that. Why do they love to do that? What hijackals need at all times in order to feel in control and have power in their life is what we call supply. So they are trolling for supply. They may not... They may be married. They may not want a physical affair with you, but they want a bit of a flirtation or an emotional affair because they need you in the pipeline just in case their current supply doesn't work out or they need to threaten the current supply. They've got a few people they're grooming to sort of come on board and be their supply. And what easier place to do that than on the Internet? Yeah, yeah. Because you can't see their, see their game. You can't see their friends. You can't do anything at all except interact with them and count on yourself to calibrate it. So let's talk a little more about online dating. What's your experience beyond writing the profile that we already spoke about, about the best way to start an online dating relationship? 
So I recommend for people who are comfortable with that, you know, after you've spoken with this person a little bit to actually meet them in person and see if they're really, if they are who they say they are, if they present in the way that they're presenting themselves online. And I recommend just something really casual, you know, a coffee in a public place, but an, an opportunity to see them in person. Because like you said, people can do a lot of, a lot online that is not really representative of who they are. And so just by meeting them in person, you can get a better sense of, of who you're dealing with. That doesn't mean that you'll get the full picture right away. Um, <laughs> but I recommend doing that first. I have worked with people who have had long interactions with people online and they have worked out okay. And I've worked with other people that have had longer term interactions with people online. And really they just would have, they were avoiding meeting because they weren't who they said they were. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's really good advice. Um, but there is a lot of long distance dating. So what about someone who's not ready to jump in and meet and get on a plane? What questions do you think they should ask someone that helps deepen the conversation? Oh, wow. That's, I mean, anything that is getting them to open up about who they are, what their past experiences, what their feelings are about relationship. Um, and again, they may be honest with you or they may not be. Um, I think there's a few things that you want to look out for. Somebody who is all in for a relationship before you've even met them, I feel is a red flag. Somebody who lets you know that they're not really available for a relationship or they give hints like they, you know, nobody's ever been quite good enough for them or they badmouth their exes. I think those are things to look out for. Um, but I think anything that just reveals to you more what who this person is. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that's, that's very, very valuable. I also think that in the long-term situation, once you get to talking on the telephone as opposed to typing, you can tell a lot by somebody's level of interest, what kind of questions they ask you, mm -hmm. what are they interested in knowing, how forthcoming you think they are with the answers to your questions or whether they skirt around the issues and don't really want to say. Because, mm -hmm. yes, all the things that you said, like bad-mouthing their ex and maybe every one of their exes. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, you know that you're probably with somebody who's leaning towards hijackal behavior. Because, yeah. of course, all those people can't be wrong. Right. <laughs> they, right. Not everyone they've met is crazy. It's so that's, there's a pattern there. They're, they have something to do with it. Right. And and so as you're, you're speaking, and you... Get used to having intense conversations, be, not just how are you, how's the weather, and isn't it wonderful to be in love, um, because that tends to do it. Like I remember when online dating wasn't even really online dating, it was chat rooms. Yeah. And I remember being shocked, because I would go in and listen in and things, and I, would, I was so shocked at what it seemed to me that what people wanted was some quick way to be able to use terms of endearment on another human being, mm. right? So they would get into these chat rooms and then they would go into a private room and they'd have a little chat and they'd come back and it was all honey and dear. And now, you know, we're a thing and all they'd had was a chat. Yeah. So this desire that we have to couple, this desire to have emotional intimacy and intimacy of all kinds is very normal. 
But we have to go into the process as wise as we can, and there's no reason to rush, right? Right. And that is, and I saw that a lot in online dating as well, terms of endearment, even moving into talking about sexual experiences way before they've even met the person. And to me, those are all red flag behaviors. That's somebody that's trying to be too close, too fast. Yes. And that certainly is a red flag. In fact, it's a whole field of red flags. Yes. <laughs> now we don't have balance in the relationship and they're seeing how far they can push you and yep. whether or not, if you don't speak up and say, no, that's not a conversation I'm ready to have. Mm-hmm. I think it's too early in the relationship. Then you have no boundaries right. around that. And you need to have some boundaries. You need to say, this is where I stop and you begin. This is okay with me and that's not okay with me. Let me tell you clearly what that is. And if they don't respect that, then you have to set some consequences. I don't feel hurt. I've said several times that this doesn't doesn't work for me. Um, do you want to continue this conversation? If so, that has to stop. Yeah. You know, and I even with online dating, especially if you've never even met the person yet, if they are really pushing your boundaries before you've even met them, I would recommend moving on because there's a good chance that that's how they're behaving before they even know you. You don't want to deal with what might come after that. Oh, absolutely agreed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because there are people, many, many people in the dating world online who are going along to see, can I push this one over? Can I make this one hungry for me? Can I make, can I have power over them? Mm -hmm. They're not interested in who you are. They're not interested in in depth. They're interested in tell me who you are so I can find a way to hook you. Right. Yes. Now, just before anybody thinks that I think everybody is in that category. No, I don't. But we're having a conversation about red flags. Yes. And these are red flags and you really need to know them. So let's go back to the dating conversation. And why do you think it is kind of dangerous to focus on the potential of the relationship? Well, I think focusing on potential um, in a relationship, whether this person is potentially who I would want them to be or the potential of the relationship is always dangerous because you're missing what is actually happening. I want to stay really present when I'm, when I'm dating somebody. I'm partnered now, but when I was dating, and see who they are. And if I'm focused on potential, I'm going to be so caught up in my daydream of what could happen that I'm not noticing what is actually happening. Uh-huh. So you don't want to get lost in that. You really want to look at things for, for what they are and people for who they are. And just, I always tell my clients, just imagine that this person is the best that they're ever going to be. Does this work for you? Don't project project some outcome on them that might not even be what they want for their lives. You know, especially in terms of one example I I hear often is having kids. Well, he's not really sure, but you know, I I think he'll change his mind. Well, he might not change. (laughs) You might not want to bake on that. probably a really good idea not to bank on that, Laura, because, you know, I met met a fellow once and uh, I was in a bar, a bar I went to every Friday night after work. Everybody went there after work and a new fellow. And he's, I asked him, you know, what, what he was interested in. And he said, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was being trite and just playful and silly After a few dates, I found, hey, well, guess what? He's into sex, drugs, and rock and roll. (laughs) He was exactly who he was. (laughs) Yeah, if somebody tells you who they are, believe it. Yes. 
you know, and I'm not saying that just from that experience. I'm saying that generally because people will show you who they are by their behavior or they will outrightly use words to do it. And as you were saying earlier, you know, don't put your fix on how the future will be and say, oh, well, I can change this or, oh, they don't really believe that. Or if they had a good partner, they wouldn't think that way. And you start doing what I call dancing for two. You're having the whole conversation in your head about how you're going to make this all happen. And they're completely unaware that you have had these conversations and decided all this and you haven't been listening and you haven't been watching. Yeah. And I think what's so important about that too is if you're really clear about what you're looking for and you, your intention is to connect with other people who want the same thing, you're going to find those people too. It isn't all narcissists and bad people out there. There's great people out there, but you're, if you're going to get caught up in trying to change somebody, you're going to miss those people who are actually compatible with you. Yes. Yes. And don't be afraid to to carry the questioning a little deeper. They give you a surface answer. Anybody gives you a surface answer, say, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. You know, when did you make that decision? How did you come to that conclusion? Deepen the conversation so that you can uh, put the person at ease that you are truly interested in mm-hmm. learning more about them. And yet you're also gathering information to say, let me let me calibrate a little more whether or not this is a good person for me to spend more time with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have, um, you have done a lot of things and you're working even more now to continue your education and all. Uh, I just wanted to remind everyone that you can go to richardlove.com to learn more about Laura Richer. And I, I think that if you have any desire to th- consider hypnotherapy this is one of the things that laura does so yes so tell them a little more about hypnotherapy and getting ready to be in the dating world so in hypnotherapy um hypnotherapy allows us to get nice and relaxed and sometimes explore issues that are going on on an even deeper level working with the with the subconscious mind so when we have patterns in relationship that we're trying to break, sometimes I work with clients that they desperately want to change one of their behaviors, but for some reason they just cannot seem to make it happen. And what we can do in hypnosis is explore on a deeper level what is attaching them to that behavior and then look at doing some visualization around what would be different for them if they were to let that behavior go. So often it's hard to create a result when we can't imagine the outcome of it. We can't imagine being able to do something. It's hard to get moving in that direction. And in hypnosis, the client is able to visualize what it might be to show up maybe as a, as a more empowered person in dating or a healthier person in dating and, and imagine what that would look like and feel like. And that helps move them closer to, to being that in their regular waking life. Mm-hmm. So it helps them to have a full body experience of what it is they're thinking. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, such a good thing to do. So you can see that Laura has lots of wonderful things for you and you can find her at richerlove.com. So you want to pop over there, have a look and a listen and see what's there for you and how she could help you prepare for the dating world. Thanks so much for being with us, Laura. Thank you so much for having me.
My pleasure. So there you go. Things to think about. Always things to think about on Emotional Savvy. Things that will make your life better, your relationship life better, will lead you to that possibilities of deeper and richer emotional intimacy. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You can find me at 4 for relationship help com, and at my YouTube channel at for relationship help now join me on monday evenings at 6 p.m pacific time there's a live stream every monday where you can join in the conversation ask your questions and we can chat about different topics very important if you want to get a little closer into my circle come over to optimizecircles.com and join my membership program. That way, completely off social media, you can get into the discussion threads where you are much safer. You can also, at different levels, get into the videos and the webinars and the Ask Me Anything calls. That's all there for you. So again, if you'd like to learn more about Laura, go to richerlove.com and pop over to my spot at For Relationship Help. Thanks again, Laura. It's been great to have you. Thank you. And I look forward to everybody joining us again next week for another episode of Emotional Savvy. Take good care. Thanks for being here for today's episode of Emotional Savvy. If you want to deepen your emotional savvy, make shifts in your relationships, and enjoy life and relationships more, work with me, Dr. Roberta Shaler. Get my books, enjoy my courses, or work with me directly. You can do that by visiting forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, and subscribe to Tips for Relationships now. Don't miss a thing. Be empowered this week with more emotional savvy. Oh, 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 oh